Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Wine and Crime, Woo-hoo! the podcast where, th- woo, where, <laughs> <laughs> where, where three friends scare the shit out of their dog. No, uh, <laughs> the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. I'm Kenyon. I'm Lucy, and I'm Amanda. This week, we will be talking about Munchausen Syndrome, and also Munchausen Munchausen. by Proxy Syndrome. Little bit of both. Yeah. It's the craziest (laughs) thing in the world. It's super fucked up, and we love it. Yeah. We love it. Uh, Yeah. 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 Also, I feel like... um, it kind of ties in with this episode, and this is why I waited to share this with you two until we were recording, but I will not be drinking mm-hmm. wine again this week because I am again on codeine, but this... <laughs> you scared the shit oh my out God. of me. I thought you were going to say no, you're pregnant. No, like, if you're using the podcast no. to tell us that you're pregnant, <laughs> no, we're not, not friends pregnant. <laughs> Soup's not pregnant. No. Whew. Okay. Wow, well then tip back that coating, girl. You're just partying in your own <laughs> yep. way. Yeah. Yep. The reason... I want detailed tasting notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the reason I am on coating again this week... because you're pregnant. Is because... Oh. No. <laughs> it's to kill the child inside me. No. Oh. Oh. Darn. <laughs> Starting early with Munchausen by proxy. <laughs> no. My God, I'm just trying to get this out. I have shingles. (laughs) No. Do you really? Yes. Oh, my God. Are you sure you want that on the air? I don't care. It's from chicken pox. (laughs) Oh, my God. You have sexually transmitted shingles. I'm the first case of sexually transmitted shingles. You're patient zero for sexually transmitted shingles. Oh, oh no. my God. Is, I just want it to be known it's nowhere near my hoo-ha. Okay, it's shingles. It's on my back. you have shingles. It's on your I know. Back? I thought it was just, like, you're not even supposed to get the vaccine for it until you're literally 60. <laughs> yeah. That's so old you school. You have so many <laughs> old person illnesses. <laughs> I, I mean, know. it explains why you've been sick for literally the six weeks we've been doing this podcast. I know. It a- so. Yeah, it actually does. So that's... It's actually... Cheers to that. Woo! Cheers to I shingles. Like cheers to shingles. Yeah, so I'll be cool. a little bit less loopy this week, but Amanda, maybe that's a blessing. Amanda and I will compensate <coughs> for that. Oh, we'll more than make up for <laughs> it. I know you will. All right, speaking we of got you. Amanda, what is this week's wine crime pairing? All right, this week's crime pairing. So I had gone into this with an idea of the wine that I wanted, and then the two places I went to get it, it was discontinued. 
So <laughs> I had to make some snap decisions today, and I have to give a shout out to Matt, the assistant manager at Total Wine Bloomington, Minnesota. My God, oh, Matt. Oh, yeah. Oh, I went Matt. in there. I, oh, Matt, I went in there <laughs> desperate to find this wine, and he looked it up for me, and it's just it's gone. It's it's vanished. Mm. And I told him, he was like, well, what are you looking for? And I was like, you're going to think I'm a total fucking weirdo. But here we go. I have this show. And I need to pair a wine with Munchausen's by proxy syndrome. Are you familiar? And he's like, yeah, actually, I kind of know what that is. I'm going to take you to this section. He brought me to like a whole section of weird labeled wines. Amazing. It's like you're saving my life right now. So he actually selected this wine for me. And I fucking love it. It's called Melodramatic Red oh, Blend. Oh, yeah. Perfect. It's so perfect on a number of levels. One, once we get through the uh, the psychology of this condition, you'll see where the, the melodramatic aspect of it ties mm-hmm. in. But on the back, it also says, um, I, when we post for Wine Wednesday, you'll be able to get a good look at the label, which is fucking awesome and creepy, and I love it. But on the back, it says 50% damsel and 50% villain, which I think oh, really describes a lot of the people totes. with Munchausen's and especially Munchausen's by proxy is like half of them is in distress and clearly sick. And the other half of them is a villain yes. is making themselves or somebody mm-hmm. else sick. Ooh. So I was like, this could not be more perfect. Thank you, Matt. So let's talk about this wine. This is a red blend. It is a blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Cab Franc, and Merlot. So because it's three great varieties, I'm not going to go super deep on it, um, but we'll just give you a little info about it. Cabernet Sauvignon, one of the world's most widely recognized red wine grape varieties. It's grown pretty much everywhere. Um, It's in nearly every major wine producing country, and it can be grown in um, among a diverse spectrum of climates. So it's not finicky the way that um, Pinot Noir is, like we discussed in last week's episode. Cab Franc, it's very similar, but um, it's much deeper in color. It's much more rich. It's one of the major black grape varieties worldwide. It's principally grown for blending with Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot in the Bordeaux style, but it can also be vinified alone. Um, Cab Franc is lighter than Cab Sauv, making a bright pale red wine that contributes um, finesse and lends a little bit of a peppery perfume to blends with more robust grapes. And Merlot, as we discussed in the Peeping Toms episode, is another popular variety grown for blends and provides deep red colors and fruity notes. So this blend is aromatic, has a little bit of oak on the nose, it's rich and fruity on the palate with just a hint of sweetness, and it finishes with an almost chocolatey note. Mm. So I'm loving it, it's delicious, and it's robust enough to stand up to spicy foods and big old slabs of meat. And it's not discontinued. Um, (laughs) No, it's not discontinued, and you cannot fucking beat the price on this blend. It's like 10 bucks. Go pick it up at Total Wine. If you go to the one in Bloomington, ask for Matt. Tell him the Wine and Crime gal sent you. And he'll be eternally grateful. You will not be getting <laughs> a discount. You won't get any perks. Yeah. <laughs> no, no discount, no perks. He'll probably just be like, boo, and then you'll buy your wine. There are probably like six mats that work there. So. Oh, Matt yeah. Um Or you can just tell them the girl trying to go out of the wrong door and who had to be taught how to open the door properly sent you. Because that happened. <laughs> So I'm going to pop this sucker open. Uh, tell us the name oh, of, of oh. this bottle again. Oh, good pop. Yeah, such a nice pop. It's called Melodramatic Red mm. Blend. Oh, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Ooh, so, so so jealous dark. right now that I'm not drinking That's, that wine. Oh, shit. This wine is gorgeous. It's like deep purple. Woo, like I fresh pop. blood. Fresh blood. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, that is... All right, let's get a little background and psychology into Munchausen and Munchausen's by proxy. Yeah. <laughs> proxy. I think it's pronounced oh Munchausen. Oh, my God. Munchausen. Munchausen. Oh Oh and the rest of the episode will be recorded in bad German accents. And go. Well, that's appropriate because the term for Munchausen syndrome comes from Baron Munchausen, who is a fictional character mm -hmm. from a 1785 novel by Rudolf Erich Raspe called Ooh. Baron Munchausen's narrative of his marvelous travels and campaigns in Russia. Mm. What? So it's a novel. Always back to Russia. It's always back to Russia. Why? Why is that <laughs> the, the inspiration it's, for the it's name? A fiction, it's well, he's a fictional character. And he is mm -hmm. kind of a braggart. He exaggerates mm -hmm. all of these stories. So this that's oh, where that okay. comes from. Just a big piece of lion crap. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, if that gives you right. some kind of indication of what Munchausen syndrome is, <clears throat> it is classified as a psychiatric factitious disorder. So, there's mm -hmm. a few different kinds of these, but it basically boils down to people lying about their symptoms, um, knowingly lying about it. And that is in contrast mm. to somatic symptom disorders, a.k.a. hypochondria, where they genuinely... Where they, they actually genuinely think they have, think they have some horrible condition <clears throat> and that like okay. excessive worry about it and basically. So the difference is that people with Munchausens are very much aware that they are yeah. lying. Mm -hmm. There's okay. no illusion to them anyway. Okay. Um, so people with Munchausen syndrome may produce symptoms by doing a whole array of things. So again, we're talking about Munchausen syndrome, not yet Munchausen by proxy, which is a little bit different. Yep. So just straight up okay. Munchausen is when you uh, fake symptoms in yourself, or you can even poison yourself or purposefully make yourself mm -hmm. ill by um, contaminating urine samples that you give, like before they give it to a doctor. That would take a lot oh, of wow. expertise. Um, taking hallucinogens mm -hmm. Uh, this one was my favorite. Injecting themselves with fecal matter to produce an abscess. And yep. other what? fun yep. stuff. I almost Tell I me almost, the science behind that. Because it, it has bacteria. I mean, fecal matter has a lot of bacteria and you can get an infection. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. So you would essentially like syringe a bunch of like poop water into your arm hoping to get like an under the skin pussy yeah infection. or you can yeah. probably inject it into <gasps> like an open wound and that would for sure yeah. infect it yep wash your wound in poop water, poop water. i almost i almost did a, <laughs> a chick a munchausen by proxy lady who injected fecal matter into mm -hmm. her like infant's uh, intravenous mm. tube. Ooh. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. So oh that would God, play into it. the okay, proxy part. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, a mm -hmm. lot of people who uh, have Munch this Munchausen syndrome uh, work in the medical field. So they know exactly oh, yeah. what's going to make them or someone else sick. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that is one of the risk factors. Um, other risk oh. factors include people 
just a risk of going to a hospital. <laughs> Your nurse might have Munchausen's or Munchausen's by proxy. Oh my god. god. God damn it. Well, no, but it's a well, well, Munchausen I, by proxy, yeah. It's a risk yeah. that you that you could develop it or it could surface in your psyche if you work mm. in a medical field and a lot okay. of people who develop oh. this syndrome are like were like rejected from the medical field or like they failed trying to become a doctor so they still know all this shit about it but they felt dejected by the whole industry. God. Yep, and they wanted to care for someone or whatever. Yeah, yeah or just be like that. all up in that kind of stuff. Um Woof. some so psychological childhood trauma or growing up with parents who were emotionally unavailable is another risk factor mm-hmm. to developing this. Um, Mm -hmm. There are some disorders that are linked to Munchausen syndrome, such as antisocial personality disorder, which I thought was kind of weird, but Mm -hmm. um, a person who may take pleasure in manipulating doctors so that they give, giving themselves a sense of power. Okay. Mm -hmm. Especially because doctors have like that higher status that they failed to achieve. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, A borderline personality disorder where, uh, a person can't really control their feelings about other people. Like it swings from positive to negative. And again, this would just be a means of hmm. kind of controlling. And then okay. a narcissistic personality disorder, which pretty much mm. speaks for itself. Yeah. I wonder, and maybe you'll be able to answer this question. Do patients with Munchausen's, do they typically try to simulate physical illness or do you think patients with munchausen's have also tried to like create psychological yes have have feigned psychological well this this one part that i read that people can fake it by taking hallucinogenic drugs that Mm -hmm. to me would signify that they're trying to approve right um you know pretend like they have some feign psychological illness right So I think oh, it's mostly weird. physical conditions, and it's right. largely... It's probably easier to, like, manifest symptoms and create those kinds of things, like false symptoms for a physical illness than it is for a psychological right. illness. Mm. I remember from my one of my psychology classes in college that one way to test if a person is faking a psychological affliction is they give them, like, a survey, and one of the questions is, can you smell colors and so you would think that that might be a sign that you're kind of fucked up but actually there is no symptom in any kind of psychological whatever where you they claim to be able to smell colors oh Oh. so if they say they can then you're catching Uh them in a lie Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. Mm. oh clever girl clever (laughs) munchausen so why people do this Uh, Playing the sick role allows them to adopt an identity that brings unconditional support and acceptance from others with it. Admission to Mm -hmm. hospitals also gives the person a clearly defined place in a social network, which makes sense when you think about the antisocial, you know, there's very low self-esteem. You don't know where you fit in. You don't feel like you have a Mm -hmm. purpose. Oh, I'm going to fake leukemia and spend the next six years in a hospital. That'll give me something to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And yeah, very clearly defined roles and clearly defined schedule and, you know, mm-hmm. self-limiting and all of that. Mm-hmm. So the wow. primary aim behind this is to obtain sympathy and nurturing and attention from other people. 
Um, and this mm-hmm. should be distinct from what's called malingering, which is one of my new favorite words. Yes. Uh, so good. In which the patient wishes to obtain external gains such as disability payments or to something like to avoid being drafted in the military or something like that. So Okay, so they're not they're not only doing it for Attention. financial gain. They're not yep. doing it at all for well, financial gain. They're two completely different. Well, I mean, in some cases, in some cases, though, like in the case that I discuss, she she does have Munchausens, but she also reaped financial mm. benefits from okay. her story. Yeah, I feel like so. I think that they can blur, both exist, especially yeah. with like blogging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and just becoming like an mm-hmm. online celebrity. I feel right. like, yeah. Because at first are... this person was just doing it and wasn't exposed to anything, but then an, an event happened, she became exposed in the media, and then, like, people took pity on her and started sending her shit, and she took serious advantage of that. Yeah. There is a term for that, by the way, called Munchausen's by Internet, which I found. What? <laughs> Amazing. It was coined in the year <laughs> 2000 because people were just doing it a lot, apparently. Yep. <laughs> Of so course. at least medically speaking, like diagnosing Munchausen's, that has mm-hmm. to do with the emotional, you want sympathy and support versus a financial gain, which is just malingering. And that's not considered a medical yep. condition. You're just fucking lying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes total um, sense. The last couple of things I want to share with you are some signs of Munchausen syndrome. Um, so you mm. can identify it in the loved ones in your life because there are bound (laughs) to be a few. (laughs) Um, So you can end your relationships (laughs) based on these suspicions. Yep. Yep. And we're going to cast a wide net here, so get ready. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone will lose someone they love after this podcast. You have brown or blonde hair. <laughs> oh, shut up. Or, or pink. pink. <laughs> Don't leave me pink. out. <laughs> um, their symptoms of their illnesses may seem exaggerated. Uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They, they <laughs> hospital jump, so they just switch hospitals and doctors pretty frequently to avoid yep. detection. Um, there mm-hmm. are frequent hospital hospitalizations, and they're super eager to undergo, like, dangerous surgeries. Mm-hmm. So they just okay. want the sympathy that comes with the surgery itself. Uh, mm-hmm. They frequently request... Okay, so they're not afraid of it. Right. They frequently request medication. Um, they yep. have an extensive knowledge of several illnesses. So going back to the risk factor of being <laughs> a dejected doctor or something. Yeah. Just so they know all the symptoms and signs for everything. Um, yeah, they're super into WebMD. Super into WebMD. <laughs> Um, and then they have few or no visitors during hospitalizations, which is sort of weird because they want the attention, but not when they're actually in the hospital, probably to avoid the nurses coming in and being like, are you over it yet? Or the doctors Mm -hmm. pulling a family member aside and saying there's fucking nothing wrong with this person. Mm, Sure. Okay. That kind of makes sense. You want to avoid detection. So you don't want to have a lot of people who know you to be around who could potentially expose Mm -hmm. you. And they might have lots of, I read this in a few different places, but it didn't totally explain whether they were real or not. They might have several abdominal scars from emergency surgeries. However, I could see 
people faking that really easily. And then being like, look at my surgery for all my shit. And, you know, like, they just cut themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Scary shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's pretty much most of the background. I mean, that's pretty general, but I think that that'll give us a good jumping off point for your guys' stories. Oh, well, we didn't even talk about Munchausen's by proxy, which is... Yeah, let's talk about that, because that's actually... Mine is... Mine is... Well, by proxy. Yeah. Mine is by proxy for sure. So it's, I mean, it's the same thing, but you are, you are faking an illness in another person. So it is a form of abuse, generally child abuse, sometimes mm-hmm. elder abuse. Um, but you're, you are, for example, poisoning your child's food so that mm-hmm. she stays in bed and then she eventually dies. And then Bruce Willis comes to your funeral and then it turns out he was dead <laughs> the whole time. And yeah, yeah. And it's what's the same? Haley Joel Osment can see you vomiting under your yeah. TV tray. You freak Haley Joel Osment out in his little red tent, you bitch. And then you hand him a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very, very I common. Love that movie. Common signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very common signs Universal. if a ghost is trying to contact you through Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> assume it's Munchausen's by proxy. <laughs> Safe to assume. Um, so the parent uh, may falsify the child's medical history or tamper with laboratory tests to make the child appear sick. So that would just be without mm. actually injuring your child. But mm-hmm. you sure. know, as we will probably learn, of the, sometimes the caregiver actually does injure the child or make the child sick. Mm-hmm. And then that, again, yeah. attracts sympathy for the parent. It's, it's all the sympathy mm-hmm. and attention for yourself. It's not necessarily for your kid. Yep. Yeah. It's fucking cray. That's cray. Which is, why, which is why it can go all the way to being homicidal. Because yep. the parent still gets attention after the death of the child, if not more attention or mm-hmm. heightened attention. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Fucked up. Cool. All right. Well, I want to hear right. some of your guys' stories because they sound pretty creepy. Girl, sit back, pour a fresh glass, and buckle the fuck up because we got some <laughs> shit for you right now. I'll slam this one and then pour some, another one. Some <laughs> roll shit. Shit. All right. I will start. I can't. <laughs> I can't speak for you, Kenyon. But like, was it hard for you to choose just one? I I spent the most time researching this topic because I went so far down the rabbit hole on like six yes. different cases and literally had to just like I wrote up all the notes for them and then had to like just delete them and start over. Flip a coin. You know yeah. what, Kenyon? It, it's just occurred to hmm. me. I think you may be a victim of Munchausen and Zach is purposely <laughs> giving you shingles and feeding you codeine to keep you ill. <laughs> Dan likes to tell me that he's keeping me diabetic so that I need <laughs> I, I've been real sick for a long time. Yeah, let's uh, yeah. keep an yeah. eye on that. Yeah, just... At risk. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> okay, my story is... Honestly, I, uh, it starts out as like a classic uh, Munchausen by proxy syndrome survivor tale. But then, okay. but then it kind of morphs into possibly a really bizarre Munchausen's tale. 
Oh, okay. In its own way. So, <coughs> possibly. So, cool. Okay. So, this... Little column A, little column... Well, yeah. By proxy. <laughs> All right, so it's... Little uh, column P. The chick's name is Julie Gregory. Um, mm-hmm. She is now an adult. I think she's in her late 40s. Um, she is an alleged victim and survivor of a parent with Munchausen by proxy syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, she was born in Arizona, but mostly raised in Columbus, Ohio. Her family lived in a double-wide trailer on a farm, which was very isolated. Oh, I'm already creeped out. I'm, like, painting the picture yeah. in my mind of yeah. her terrifying childhood in mm-hmm. Ohio. Yeah, it really doesn't, doesn't start out great. Lots of cigarette um, butts no. in, my, in yeah. my envisioning. <laughs> and Lee mm-hmm. Presson's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ruined a brand new pair of Lee press <laughs> Um She is the author of the international bestseller uh, Sickened, The True Story of a Lost Childhood, which was published. Oh, my God. We need to order that. Well, let uh, just just hear me out. Published in <laughs> 2003. <laughs> Something tells me it's been pulled from the shelves. <laughs> it, ha- it hasn't been pulled from the shelves, but I don't know. There, there's something fishy going on, in my opinion, and please don't sue us for libel. Um, eh. Whatever. Sue Kenyon. Eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, don't sue us. <laughs> sue Kenyon. <laughs> uh, sue Zach. I'll be dead. Um, <laughs> I hope not. We need you on the yeah, show. Yeah, you do our Twitter. <laughs> Thanks. Who would replace Who you? Would re- so, <laughs> Julie Gregory has appeared on various talk shows, including Good Morning America, The Today Show, Dateline, 60 Minutes, you know, all the heavy hitters. Jesus. Also, yeah. Also, a show called Ask Dr. Nandy. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? A heavy hitter, which is, it's kind of a, no- a knockoff of Dr. Phil. But with like a younger, like snappier, a dandy uh, Indian, Indian. I think Indian American doctor. But um, like Doctor Phil isn't even a doctor. Yeah, I think this guy actually he just calls is himself a doctor. Doctor Nandy. Oh, okay. I yeah, like Doctor Nandy. Like definitely sometimes wears a, a like a lab coat, so he's definitely going for that doctor. Okay. Like Doctor That <laughs> proves it. Yeah. Okay. He's definitely a doctor. Yeah, exactly. He's got the coat. I have no more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no further research required. So, she also, Gregory also starred in an independent film entitled, quote, I didn't think you didn't know I wasn't dead. Wait. <laughs> Let's unpack that. That makes no sense. Okay. Okay, I didn't think. Yeah. You didn't know I wasn't dead. So this is like quadruple negative. I know. Okay. I can't so even I figure it think, out because it's so many. I'm trying. It's it's a fucking puzzle. I didn't think you didn't know. So I thought you did know that I wasn't dead. Yeah. Is that what yeah, that's supposed that's to mean? Yeah, that's what it's supposed to mean. Yeah. Oh my God! Come on, Lifetime, get it together. <laughs> Going back to some of uh, the claims made in Julie's book, Sickened. Okay, mm-hmm. so she claims in the book that her father was uh, schizophrenic and completely checked out of parenting. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the other reports I've read say that he was maybe a POW or at least had PTSD. 
Um, From what war? Uh, I don't know. It sounded like he might okay. have had a military background. I couldn't find much about him. Um, okay. She she did write a second autobiography about growing up with a schizophrenic father. So she definitely is mm-hmm. is liking the the I had such a sad childhood autobiography. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she also claims in her first book that her mother gave her suckers, which turned out to be sulfur-tipped matches. What? what? Like, telling her they were lollipops? Yeah, and and she just ate them, apparently. Like, uh, like or was the mom, like, dipping the match tip into something sugary? That, no. What that the wouldn't fuck? taste no. good. What kind of reward no, is that? It makes no sense. It wouldn't taste good, like which this. is why it... Rings false it's to me. Insane. Like, why would a kid? A kid wouldn't eat it just because you called no. it a sucker if it tasted like a fucking match. <laughs> no. <laughs> what so, the hell? Yeah. So this she, is not she, adding she up. so she claims she ate like boxes of those because her mom told her they oh, were suckers. Oh, sure. Okay. Jesus. She also um, says that her mother invented symptoms uh, and gave, and you know went to various doctors, various hospitals, got various medications for her for conditions she didn't have over medicated her which caused mm-hmm. um side effects basically that were yep really severe so all of that is like pretty classic munchausen's by proxy mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. she said her mother advocated for really invasive procedures like you talked about um including when she was 10 years old having a a tube inserted into her urethra Oh, my God. For some reason, which she describes as, like, a very traumatic event, which I imagine it would be. That's what they do if if you have really frequent uh, bladder infections. They have to, like, clear it out. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's, But she she also claimed in this interview that I watched on Ask Dr. Nandy... um, (laughs) Nandy Nanderson. That... (laughs) (laughs) i'm stuck on his name i fucking love it Mm -hmm. nandy the dandy Um, okay sorry (laughs) that someone's enjoying the wine i'm only on my first glass oh i'm on my second i'm like almost halfway through this bottle what are you doing sweating like a fucking pig that's what i'm doing i consistently spend every single one of kenyan's segments getting as drunk as i possibly can before i have to speak i love going first for that number one goal it's just glug 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 um it's a lot okay anyway what what struck me as weird about this story is that if you have a 10 year old child who has to have a a tube inserted into their urethra don't you think you would give them some sort of anesthesia oh yeah you know well well so if this is like a catheter situation no okay because i've i've received a catheter i was not completely conscious but i wasn't i was very sick Mm -hmm. it wasn't because i was like put under but there are, I mean, if you watch daytime television, which mm-hmm. I do, mm. <laughs> you'll see a lot of commercials for the elderly that do at-home catheters. Okay. And they're not, they're not like, I mean, maybe they'll take a Tylenol, but they're not putting themselves out to insert a catheter. Like, it's a pretty normal procedure. But they're adults. Right. They're adults. But, I mean, I'm saying in a child even, like, it's so quick. Yeah. I could see either side. I could see them putting you out for it, but I could also see them weighing the risks of anesthesia in order to perform a simple procedure like a catheter on a child or just be like, sorry, this is going to hurt for a second. And then you're going to need to feel like you have to piss all the time. Cause that's all it was. Like 
it pinches and then you just feel like you need to pee. Yeah. Well, she describes it as like she's flailing on the bed and someone has to hold her mm-hmm. down and it's like this. Well, then fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. More so traumatic than that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, I can, the whole thing with this case is that I can totally see it either way. So I'm going to keep going. Yep. Um, she also claims in the book that her uh, mother used a physical abuse as a repercussion for not acting sick enough at the doctor's. Ooh. Oh, um, my God. So, like, she says that her mom would, like, slam her head against the car window in the car on the way home from the doctor if the doctor refused oh to, like, God. give her medication or, or approve a certain procedure. Mm. Holy shit. That's gross. Versus when the doctor took them seriously, the mom would, like, be happy and, like, singing in the car on the way home. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know what's worse. I know. Well, it, yeah. it goes to show that they're both <laughs> forms of pretty fucked up abuse. I mean, if yeah. if Kenyon was my mom, I'd take having my head slammed over here <laughs> and just sing the whole way home. So, guess it depends on who your mom is. If my mother was like, you know, fucking... Barbara. <laughs> Cher. Barbara. <laughs> then, obviously, I'd be pumped about the singing. <laughs> then you'd fake it all. Uh (laughs) Um, Okay, so she says that she was also forced to endure starvation and dehydration in order to uh, erratically increase her heart rate. So basically, if you're you're starved and dehydrated and you're sitting down and then you have to stand up, your heart Mm -hmm. rate is going to go through the roof Mm -hmm. temporarily. That was another really common, um, like, category of people with Munchausen's. They fake the heartbeat thing. Apparently, it's pretty easy to fake. Yep. Yeah, because yeah. malnutrition is it's, uh, yeah, is yeah. a huge cause of that, and it's easy to just not feed someone that's right. relying on Can you. Can cause arrhythmia. Yeah. yeah. Fuck the whole world. So this, she claims that this tactic was the most effective, and it got her a lot of like EKGs, and eventually, um, her mother was pressing the doctors for her daughter to have open heart surgery. Jesus. Uh, God. Yeah, as but just like an exploratory procedure, but still, but still surgery. So an exploratory cardiac catheterization. There's no fucking way a doctor is gonna do that on a 13 year old, right? Right. I mean, did that happen? Oh my god, I'm spiraling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Here afraid. she goes. Okay. So, so yeah. So she's spiraling by proxy. Spiraling. <laughs> <laughs> my reaction in every episode spiraling by proxy oh god okay okay so she's 13 she's checked into the hospital and while she's checked into the hospital she says her mom is like cavorting with the nurses and other patients and getting all this attention from them and she's Mm -hmm. kind of left blissfully to herself in the hospital yeah um and she eats like voraciously while she's in the hospital because she's been starved oh weird Yeah, she's fucking starving. Yeah. Literally mm -hmm. starving. But but the nurses and and staff don't realize this, apparently, that she's, like, eating a lot. Oh, my God. Let's hope that Um, most nurses and staff are trained to identify this kind of a thing nowadays. Well. I hope so. Nurses are so, like, hard to come by and so in demand. I mean, when you have a hospital full of fucking people and not enough people on staff to give them the attention they need... Things can yeah, go unnoticed. Yeah, I guess, how would you know if it's not, like, your primary nurse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and it's also, like, a sort of subtle sign. Yeah. You know? That right. one in particular, but all together. Yeah. 
So, okay, so then this part, it gets kind of egregious. So, she's (laughs) Here's when it gets egregious. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's been fine until now. (laughs) Um, She's being prepped for this open-heart surgery, which involves... Oh, my God, the doctors agreed to doing it? Yeah, which also, it's like, I feel like... Wouldn't there be some other tests besides an EKG, some other tests that would be harder to fake uh, I before fucking open heart surgery? Opening a 13-year-old's chest. I mean, yeah. that is... Uh, no. Yeah. So... Oh, I need more wine. They're, they're, <laughs> they're prepping her for the surgery, which involves, like, shaving... Um, I don't know why they would need to shave her chest. I don't know. Um... She so had a hairy anyway. chest. We don't judge. <laughs> Does she have that so werewolf free- syndrome? That Can you fake the werewolf syndrome? <laughs> just lots of oh glue. Just glue. Gluing pubes glue to your chest. Pubes. <laughs> it's time for another haircut. God. <laughs> okay, so she sits bolt upright in her hospital bed and blurts out, You can't do this to me. My mom is making it all up. <gasps> Oh, my God. So, like, very dramatic. But then she also claims in the book that the nurses didn't believe her and she had the surgery. The shaving of the chest was her breaking point? How hairy was her chest? (laughs) 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 Deeply This razor bone won't do. My mother made me do it. I won't submit to anything less than a wax. (laughs) <laughs> i need nair i tell you nair. nair also why is she like weirdly british in all of our yeah. simulations because we failed at our british accents so spectacularly last time and right. we can't do right. german <laughs> no. no okay so she has the surgery then she doesn't really say anything after that i think maybe the surgery uh, reveals that there's nothing wrong with her heart and then the mom gets pissed and then they they start the cycle over again and go to a different hospital with a different cardiologist okay um so then she also i hate it i know so she also claims in her book that her mother got a license to take care of foster children as well as diabetic war veterans. Um, no, keep her away from me. Yeah. You're not keep a war her? veteran, so we're fine. Oh, right. I only meet All half right. of those requirements. Okay, right. cool. Quick, All go right. to war. All right. I'm not a war veteran. But vitamin. I'm not a war veteran. Oh, my God, I'm already drunk. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I respect veterans so much. <laughs> okay, whatever. You mean vitamins. Um, <laughs> I respect I vitamins respect so vitamins much. so much. Supplements. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway. So she says, Gummy she says and that her otherwise. mother... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to have to edit this so hard. Okay. Okay. So she we alleges that her mother intentionally over... Um, Insulated the war veterans, fed them like farm animals, let them soil themselves, like just over insulated, like they were wearing too many clothes. Did I say that? What does that mean? Like, like ins- insulinated. Oh, gave them too much <laughs> insulin. You're a diabetic. You yeah, but I don't things. think that's a that's like not a term that she anyone gave uses. Not a verb. I'm googling it. Over insulated. They were wearing too many clothes. Also, who doesn't <laughs> yeah, eat? Yeah, everything farm that comes animals. up is over insulated house, over insulated attic, 
Oh, insulated subfloor over concrete. All right, okay. I feel like that's not proper. Everyone eats farm animals. She didn't feed them farm animals. She fed them she like, fed them farm, like animals. farm animals. So she fed them scraps. I fed them farm From animals. Like, yeah. She fed them pork and gave them too many layers. <laughs> it was... <laughs> she overdressed terrifying them. Terrifying existence. She overbaconed them. <laughs> okay, so she treated the diabetics like shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's we're too she far made gone. them sweaty. She fed them beef. We're too beef. far gone. Just say it again. <laughs> I'm not. <gasps> Okay. I'm not. <laughs> she gave them, she intentionally gave them too much insulin and fed them like farm animals, <laughs> i.e. with scraps. Mm, and let from them, a trough. Yeah, and let them soil themselves. That's mm, worse okay. than feeding them farm mm-hmm. animals. Okay. okay. And making them wear too many sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Julie, the daughter who wrote the book, claims that she went into protective custody at 16 because her mother made death threats against her, but then wow. but then she was too scared to testify against her parents in court, so she was sent back to live with them at 17. This all sounds What? That makes no suspicious. sense. I don't believe a like, fucking what word. What child protective services are going to give her back to her family because she's afraid to testify? Well, That I, makes no sense to me. I feel like of all the things, that's maybe the only thing that is the most believable, just because, like, not to disparage CPS, because they do work very hard, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of a lot of cases do fall through the cracks, so... It's true. Yeah. Okay, so the last... This is the last allegation that I have from the book, which is the most insane, and the one that I was like, okay, I'm looking into this bitch, yes. like, I just don't buy all this. Mm-hmm. So she claims also that soon after she was sent back to live with her parents that they committed arson for insurance fraud and then her mother supposedly fled to <clears throat> Mexico and her father moved into a garage. <laughs> what? Why does the mom get she to go to Mexico? Into someone's garage? I don't know. I don't know any details about the, the father or the garage. What? But she claims gar- that her mother fled to Mexico. Here's why. This is so weird. Here's why that strikes me as odd. So I did some digging. Her parents div- divorced in 2005, so two years after the publication of the book. Mm-hmm. And her mother, Sandy, remarried a guy named Ed. Okay. Not a Mexican name. Not, no. not, not a Mexican name, no. Sandy does not live in Mexico. She she now owns a horse ranch in Montana. <laughs> Ugh, horse people are so creepy. I hate horse yeah. people. <laughs> I don't hate horse people. I'm just I creeped do. out by horse people. Anyone who loves horses is suspect in my book i love horses i love horses but i you don't Since see me on a ranch in montana i mean Since like when do you love horses <laughs> yeah i don't believe like, i used to go to horse camp oh my i was God. born in connecticut i mean okay Kate come Keter. on Kate <laughs> i said connecticut not edina all, all right. right okay how dare you? The, her mother, Julie's mother, Sandy, continues to deny all the allegations made against her in the book. Um, 
and and she denies any abuse of Julie or their other children. So it sounds like um, Julie had one younger biological brother who um, I couldn't find any information about. And then also two other adopted younger siblings named Misty and Doug. Misty and Doug. And Doug. I know. I know. That's sad. It's not their fault. They came with their names. They came with their names. Yeah. Sad. They were too old to retrain. (laughs) It was already on their collars. Oh Their microchip was Their already assigned. Oh my God. That's not how adoption works, and God bless everyone who adopts in this nation. And the vitamins. Thank you. More wine. God, God bless the vitamins. God bless the vitamins and For the adopters of children. <laughs> okay. And our iron levels. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. I hate okay, you okay. Both. So it also appears that the two adopted children, Misty and Doug, <laughs> side <laughs> side with their mother. So I oh found my I was I was a real creeper, you guys, and I found Sandy's Facebook page. Oh my god. Oh my god. I know. That's I know. good because I also looked at a Facebook page <laughs> on my research. I feel a lot less awful. I also <laughs> looked at a Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> of the girl who will not be named here who we went to high school oh. with who totally faked brain cancer like four times yes oh that my was, god she was in our integrated was... math class Ooh. so i'm on the mother's <laughs> facebook page and it there are photos of the mom and the two adopted kids and the adopted kids uh children so her grandkids all like hanging out on the horse farm like she seems to have a good relationship with them. Yes. <laughs> I can't with the horse farm. Okay, sorry. Continue. There will be photos on the blog. Like a slaughter uh, farm? Yes. Like a glue farm? Oh, thank God. Okay, so after the book was published in 2003, the police and psychiatric professionals investigated Julie Gregory's parents uh, and their behavior <laughs> towards the adopted children who were still in their care. But they didn't find any proof of abuse or Munchausen by proxy syndrome in the adopted huh. kids. Okay. Um, so Sandy, the mother, eventually hired an investigative journalist to look into the allegations that her daughter made in the book. And I mm-hmm. also should note that Sandy has like an eighth grade education. And the mom? Yeah. So, what the fuck? I know. So I kind of feel bad for her because she's like, at least right after the book was published, she like went online and commented on different forums and stuff. But she comes off instantly as like not that credible. Just I think mainly because she's not very because well educated. So yeah. since you yeah. described the double wide trailer <laughs> with all the cigarette butts that I imagined, I've been imagining yep. the mother like Mama June on fucking Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So correct she me was, if I'm she's, wrong. She's not morbidly obese. I don't know what. She but I feel w- like, I feel like her lower intelligence is more like in her favor. Because uh, how are you carrying out all of this kind of complicated like medical shit with an eighth grade education? I don't think it's that complicated yeah, to starve your child, right? 
No, I guess not. But she has to interact with with medical professionals regularly. Yeah. And to convince them to the point where they do an open heart explorative surgery (laughs) on her child. I'm drunk. I don't care. Exploratory. I mean, exploratory. (laughs) Whatever. Explorer story. Either way. Redo it. You sound dumb. (laughs) Explorer story. <laughs> insulated. Um, also, it was like the the nineties, so and they lived in a trailer, so I don't, so everyone I don't, was stupid. Have... Like, how much internet does she <laughs> exactly, have? Exactly. How much WebMD yeah. can she refer to? Right. I don't know. It's I, it's really hard to 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 choose a side that you're on Isn't in this it? case. Similarly, know, it's, really, it's so really hard. hard. This is a, yeah. a very hard condition to diagnose because doctors are afraid yeah. of under-treating a potential actual illness. Like, no yeah. one just right. wants to go ahead and assume that people are lying about how sick they are. Right. And right. it's, you know, Munchausen's is so rare that a doctor is not going to jump to that conclusion easily mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. I know. Oh, my God. This it's is so a, weird. Okay, I keep know. going. This okay, is so more. fucking weird. There's more. So, uh, so Sandy, the mom, hires this investigative journalist, um, or sorry, no, hires a, a private investigator. Um, mm-hmm. He claims that he was able to conclusively disprove several of the allegations made in the book. But okay. a couple caveats here. I, he didn't specify which allegations he disproved, at least, okay. at least what I could find online. And there's no way to corroborate that he's even a PI or like that he's who he says he is. So I have no idea. Oh, God damn it. Okay. Um, also he was hired by Julie's mom. So, so who fucking knows who this guy is? Yeah. He could have even been scamming on her for money saying he could do things that he can't do. Yeah. He's no Dr. No, Nandy. God damn it. He's not. No. Dr. Where's Nandy? Nandy? We need Nandy. Calling Nandy <laughs> Nanderson. <laughs> so calling old Nandy. Calling old Nandy. <laughs> <laughs> Put on your lab coat. We need you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm almost done. Okay, so more Damn recently, uh, another journalist or a journalist began digging into the story, and she allegedly uncovered that Julie, so the <clears throat> the author, has convictions for shoplifting, animal cruelty. And is current, yeah, and is currently facing <laughs> child abuse allegations from her ex boyfriend slash baby daddy, whose name is Monty Patton. Uh oh, like Monty Python. Really close, yeah, really close to Monty I don't know. Python. I know a Patton. Never yeah. trust a Patton. Never. <laughs> yeah, you're that Tony <laughs> Tonster. Yeah. So. She's so supposedly Julie isn't that great of a person. Also, can't corroborate any of this. I tried, but turns out I'm not an investigative journalist. What? Um, <laughs> Wait, <and> what? <laughs> Doctor um, Nandy. <laughs> I love paging Doctor Nandy. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna be myself. I'm gonna wet. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> All right, last last thing that Julie's mother uh, claims is that her daughter lied about having a master's degree in psychiatry from a university in the UK. So she says that her daughter does not have that master's degree. I also couldn't figure it out. 
Um, Do you know how many times I've applied for jobs saying I had a master's degree from, quote, a university in the UK? For real, it's impossible to prove whether you do or don't. No one ever looks. (laughs) And my GPA is (laughs) (laughs) 10.0. Hire me. Hire me. Best restaurant manager you'll ever have. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I have a master's degree in psychiatry. Let me manage your restaurant. I don't know who to believe. Uh, I could just be hardcore like, victim blaming, like the biggest victim. Victim of blaming Angelina. Proxy. I know. I could just be the Dude, worst human ever, or this bitch so is the worst human ever. Is all of this ongoing? Like, are there ways for us to get? I mean, well, I don't know. I'm just so confused. Well, I wanted a little more closure, so I emailed the journalist. <laughs> oh, thank God. Looking into the case. Well, and... considering the clout of Wine and Crime podcast, I'm sure we'll get a response right away. <laughs> I failed to mention that it was a comedy podcast. I mentioned it was a true crime podcast. <laughs> oh, they're going to be real disappointed when they tune in. Sorry oh God. about this. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, yes. sorry about that. You should have given the name of just a completely different podcast. I didn't give them the name of it. I just said I'm oh. a true crime <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> anyway, so I, I might have some more information after I speak to this journalist uh, for a There needs episode. to be follow-up. Yeah. There's so many unanswered questions on this I case. Know. So wine and crime... Hashtag deep throat is coming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That works on so many levels. (laughs) All right. Amanda. Total sleuths. Okay. (laughs) Under a layer of sweat, I shall persevere. (laughs) And perspire. I'm almost, (laughs) I'm almost upset with myself over how drunk I have become (laughs) because this case you can't talk about Munchausen's by proxy without talking about Gypsy Rose and <gasps> Dee Dee Planchard. Yeah, I was uh-huh. following this shit every day. Yeah. Oh, oh it's my god, so fucking good. Okay, so Gypsy Rose Blanchard, she's considered to be, or was considered to be, like an inspirational little girl. She was taken Ugh. care of around the clock by her single mother, Dee Dee, mm. because she was bound to a wheelchair, allegedly Dee Dee, fighting. Dee Dee <clears throat> does look like Mama June. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. There's okay. pics, and the pics are <laughs> spectacular. so sad. Yeah. And spectacular. <laughs> um, she was allegedly fighting a litany of conditions, including <clears throat> leukemia, muscular dystrophy, seizures, hair loss, loss of her teeth, chromosomal defects, epilepsy, mm. severe asthma, asthma sleep Jesus. apnea, and eye problems. To name a few. Oh, my God. Loss of yeah. teeth? <laughs> Loss of teeth. That we'll, we'll talk about okay. that. Okay. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, her things photos kinda, make her look like she's 95 years old. Yeah. Yeah, or like 11. She's That ben- weird she's gray Benjamin area where like a buttoning. baby looks like an old man. Yes. Yeah. Benjamin She's Button. totally Benjamin Buttoning <clears throat> by proxy. <laughs> According to her mother, Dee Dee, she had D-Day. always been sick. D-Day. Vitamins. D-Day. D-Day God, God bless the vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> According to her mother, Dee it had always been this way. Ever since Gypsy was a baby, she had spent time in neonatal intensive care. She had leukemia as a toddler, blah, blah, blah. So no one really 
had heard about this person. They had kept to themselves with, like, their weird Munchausen's bullshit going on behind closed doors. But in 2005, the family was displaced by Hurricane Katrina. Mm. And their story captured people's hearts and attention because they had, like, been interviewed by local news and were sort of popping up on television. Okay. And at that point, Habitat for Humanity even built them a brand new and accessible home with ramps and other details to accommodate Gypsy's needs. Damn. So they had, like, gotten a lot of shit. Donations continued to come in to support the Blanchards. They went on charity trips to Disney World. Mm. Um, it's always fucking Disney World. If I were dying, I I'd be like, send me fucking anywhere but Disney World. Right. Like, send as me to where they make possible. Jameson. What? Who wants that? I don't, I don't get know. it. But children, children. Okay. I guess if she's 11. Make a wish is not for 30-somethings that are dying <laughs> and want, like, a lot of booze before they go. I went when I was 13, and it was fucking awful. The Black whole place luster. smells like farts. <laughs> Everything well. smells like farts. Well... Disney princesses hold a lot of gas under those big skirts, so yeah. you gotta let it out it's somewhere. It's got a ton of ventilation. So, this is one part that I love. Um, Gypsy Blanchard even got to meet Miranda Lambert through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Amazing. Like, aim bigger than, like, some weird Disney singer. Yep. Anyway... So this Jesus. has been this has been Gypsy's entire life. Like this is so all wait, she fucking knows. And her did name is Did they fake? Did they fake Hurricane Katrina? <laughs> <laughs> I I, also, I just spit wine into my hand, <laughs> wiping that off. No, I mean I feel Hurricane like Hurricane Katrina like it was went from, real, as was the moon landing. It went for from regular old Munchausens to like. Munchausen slash malingering because they're getting all this free shit, but they wouldn't have if it weren't for the hurricane. No, and this is going to sound so fucked up and insensitive, but it's like they were almost lucky that they mm. got displaced by Katrina because it launched them into this like weird fame where they mm -hmm. could start reaping the benefits of yeah. Gypsy's illness. It's also right just place, super right fucked time. up. It's also just so fucked up because they're taking away significant resources from yep. people, people who, who are, are actually, actually sick. needy. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, it's completely fucked. Well, I know they weren't actually displaced by the hurricane, but they were, but yeah. I feel like other people they were, were displaced because they weren't fucking Munchausen monsters. Go sure. On. I mean, how many people with, you know, special needs may have been displaced by Hurricane Katrina and yeah. resources went to someone who happened to be interviewed and happened to get kind of famous. And white. For shit that was, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For shit that wasn't they're even happening white. to them. Like, yep. fuck that. Spoiler, anyway. they're white. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this is Gypsy's life. This is all she knows. She, she even believes she's sick. So Gypsy meets a boy, eventually, Nicholas Godijon. <laughs> on mm. a Christian dating website and develops Oof. a relationship with him. Oof, the two okay. fall in love. She wants to be with him, but knows that would never be possible under the thumb of her mother. She's how old at this point? That's funny that you should mention that because Dee Dee doesn't know, or sorry, Gypsy doesn't know how old she is. Oh my God. She doesn't know how old herself is. She herself is not sure how old she is. Dee Dee has been giving her like, False information. There's this weird conversation that, like, Dee Dee had with Gypsy's birth father on the phone when he called her for, like, her 18th birthday that was, like, 
Gypsy thinks she's 14. Don't blow it for her. You need to pretend she's only 14. Oh, my God. Yeah, it goes so fucking deep. So she's been keeping her looking sick, looking super young, so that as she bounces from, like, doctor to doctor and town to town, yeah, she can say she's younger and younger and get away with all this weird shit. It It all comes out. So fucked up. Okay. It's and so fucked up. And maintain control over her because if she moves out, yep. she's not gonna have. If she all knows these she's symptoms. eighteen, exactly, mm-hmm. <clears throat> exactly. So it's all super fucked. So so Gypsy and Nick fall in love. Gypsy knows she can never be with him because of her mom, and knowing that their relationship would bring their financial fraud crumbling down. Dee Dee forbids Gypsy from ever leaving her side and especially would not allow her to continue the relationship with Nick. Mm. So for years, Mm -hmm. Gypsy and Nick are like communicating through fake Facebook profiles and planning on how to kill Dee Dee so that the two could be together. Not so Gypsy knows. Gypsy is starting to get wise to her situation because there have been a couple times where like there's this weird situation where her mom brought her to like a a, um, what's it called? Star Wars, like, sci-fi meetup. And she was talking to some guy and, like, getting friendly with him, and Dee Dee fucking flipped the fuck out and was Mm. like, you can't talk to this person. You can't, like, be talking to boys. Like, Gypsy's starting to get a little defiant and is like, my mom is controlling my whole fucking life. What do I do? Yeah. As any 18-year-old who thinks that she's 13 would do. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it's kind of the natural progression. Combination with mind fuck right. that is happening right now. Like I'm thinking about the fights that I had with my mom between oh, fourteen yeah. and eighteen. And, Same. Oh my God. Yeah. Epic. Oh. All normal shit. But like, I'm, I can't even imagine under this kind of psychological and physical abuse. Yeah. In conjunction with leukemia and mm-hmm. tooth loss and that she didn't else. actually have. Yeah. But anyway, eye problems. Right. So Gypsy and Nick's love must have been true because it didn't take much for her to convince her boyfriend to come to Missouri and murder her mother. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, so but Nicholas, hold on, hold on, hold on. Was Yum. was Gypsy sort of catfishing Nick because bitch no. has no teeth? I know, but like <laughs> you'll learn, you'll learn about Nick. Okay. You'll learn about Nick. But they they were honest with each other from the start. That's a good fucking point, though. They right. both had their issues. Okay. Nick is not exactly all there. Okay. And yeah. this will come to fruition, I promise. Okay. So, <laughs> Nick does come to Missouri and comes to her house. And while Gypsy stayed in another room, Nicholas stabbed Dee Dee and later mailed the knife to himself in Wisconsin. Because, of course, he's fucking from Wisconsin. Sorry about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Russia he, and Wisconsin. He every mailed, single episode. I know. He mailed the knife to himself so that he wouldn't get caught. Like, I got to get rid of the evidence. I'm going to mail it to myself in Wisconsin. There are That's what? not the worst idea, there though. There are lakes. There are random uh, patches so of So many grass. places you could have put that knife. Yeah. So There's many like, places. Especially Don't in Missouri. Don't pop it in the Including mail. Including the fucking dishwasher. No, but I there's mean, luminol, anywhere. But still. So the two steal $4,400 from the family safe and take a bus out of town. And considering Gypsy had only ever been seen in a wheelchair literally her entire life, the two of them were able to get away kind of easily because, like, no one in the neighborhood would be looking for 
someone who's on their own two feet. So she she know can I mean? she can walk. She knows that she oh, can yeah. walk. Okay. She can all fully fucking fake. walk. All of it is fake. We'll get to that. So, on June 14th, 2015, Dee Dee Blanchard is found stabbed to death in her bedroom, and the allegedly disabled gypsy is nowhere to be found. Mm. Okay? An ominous post on the Facebook ap- account shared by both the mother and daughter, so both Dee Dee and Gypsy use this account, mm. had a status update saying, quote, that bitch is dead. Well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They went, they went deep. So friends and okay. family first assumed that the page had been hacked, or that the two were, like, discussing their reactions to a movie they were watching or something, mm-hmm. whatever. The page when has suddenly, never been hacked. Right. But a follow-up comment appears on the thread, so, like, on the thread for that status, saying, and, God, the spelling mistakes are... Yeah. The most offensive part, but... But she was homeschooled <laughs> by this crazy, crazy uh, DD, so... Yeah, she was. Anyway, they, there's a, a little update that says, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. Her scream was so fucking loud, LOL. Okay, so they're trying to stage it like it's a rando. Yep, they are literally trying to make it look like a murder kidnapping. Okay. Who okay. took the time to post on, on their, their Facebook? Facebook I mean, I don't fucking know. I, I don't know. Their heads are not. I think that should be a whole new episode of people like killers that post on Facebook because it's a yeah, because there's a lot of them. Yeah, especially with Facebook Live, like suicides and murders. Ooh. It's crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. So friends are trying desperately to reach this family because they know something's wrong, and when they couldn't reach them, police enter the home to find Dee Dee's dead body. And a national search begins with the hope of finding Gypsy. Okay. Who everyone still thinks is, is handicapped. Mortally yep. handicapped. Okay. Exactly. So a few days later, Gypsy is found completely unharmed in Wisconsin. Many people had been fearing that the sickly and disabled Gypsy was going to have irreversible damage from missing her treatments and her medication mm. from this kidnapping and yada yada. Actually, so she's just are, like taking a tap dancing class. Yeah, for real. Like feeling great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People are freaking the fuck out. At the but, bar. But it, it's discovered pretty quickly that Gypsy Rose Blanchard was not paralyzed or suffering from any of the numerous diseases that her mother had claimed to ail her. Mm. So, investigators discovered a severe case of what is known as Munchausen by Proxy Syndrome. And Yay. for most of her entire <laughs> life, Shut Gypsy's up. mother... Shout out to Munchausen's. For most of her entire life, Gypsy's mother had been forcing her to take seizure seizure medication until her teeth fell out. So one of the, like, side effects of these meds is that her teeth fell out. So they actually fell out. They fell the fuck out. Her teeth fell the fuck out. Um, Uh, Like, all of her teeth? Almost all of her teeth. It's real sad. Dee Dee kept Gypsy's head shaved to appear as though she had lost her hair from cancer treatment. And, like, tells her that she had lost her hair from cancer treatment. Um, confined Did she her forget that she had her fucking head shaved? Like, I Gypsy? Mean, on the no, no, no. Gypsy knew she had her head shaved, but her mom's, like, giving her pills every day. And is shaving her head being like, well, your hair's gonna fall out anyway. We're just gonna get ahead of it. Oh, okay. Oh my God. So ah. she doesn't really... She's just... I mean, this is all she's ever known. So if yeah. your mother raises you thinking you're sick... Yeah. And right. has taken you to a million doctors. How the, what the fuck are you supposed to think? 
Yep. Right. My mother she raised has me to con- think that I needed bangs. Right. <laughs> Big no no. She confined her perfectly able bodied daughter to a wheelchair. So like she had some what is it like dystrophy or whatever mm-hmm. of her legs, mm-hmm. but like she could still move. A- atrophy. Atrophy. Mm-hmm. Atrophy of her legs. Mm-hmm. So almost every photo available of Gypsy shows her in hospital beds, in her wheelchair, appearing super ill. Um, Dee Dee forced her daughter to play sick in an attempt to get attention and eventually money from kind people and charity organizations. Um, neither Gypsy nor investigators could pin down her exact age. Dee Dee had always kept her dressed and looking young, acting childlike, emotionally stunted, um, she was suspected to only have received the equivalent of a second grade education. Oh, I know. Jesus. It's so sad. And when she was picked up in Wisconsin, she was estimated to be between the ages of 19 and 22. Although Dee Dee had always presented her to the public as much younger, like 13 or 14. So they don't, they still don't know how old she actually they is. They do because her biological father was able to provide her birth certificate. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. What the okay. fuck? Um, which, which we'll get to, but, um, Gypsy speaks with like a terrifying high pitch voice mm. and I'm not going to provide a sound clip because no. I, I, because it's creepy, but like go watch some interviews with Gypsy Rose. Mm. And and we'll we'll link to them on the blog. Yeah. yeah, and fucking tell me that this poor girl was not abused cuz like you can't. I mean, she has been abused her entire life. Ugh, the high-pitched voice so thing just ugh, it's oops me out. So creepy. So Gypsy yeah. is has now been charged with secondary murder. She was charged in 2016. She did plead guilty. Um so she never faced trial by jury or anything like that. And she's been sentenced to 10 years in prison because the uh, prosecution actually took into account the 20 years of abuse inflicted Mm. by her mother. Mm. And um, they offered her the most lenient possible sentence. And there are a bunch of interviews with Gypsy that are like, I'm actually really appreciating this time in prison. Like, I'm getting healthy. I'm getting an education. Yeah. I'm starting to learn what I want to do with my life. Like, I'm in a safe environment. So that's yeah. preferable to the life that she's yes. been living. Absolutely. She's like, so she's like, I'm not bummed I that I'm spending 10 years in prison. She's going to be up for parole and she's going to get out earlier, but still. Yeah. How, how long has she been in prison and when is she expected to get out? She was sentenced in 2016. Oh, okay. So, so she probably will probably like have a parole hearing. Yep, yeah. She'll probably have a parole hearing in about five years. Yeah. Jesus. Or at least be eligible in about five years. Is she still dating that guy? <laughs> uh, I believe so. So now that's wow. a good question because we're going to talk about Nicholas Godejohn. Because he actually did he, the stabbing. He did. And he was yeah. charged with first degree murder. But his sentence has been indefinitely postponed. It was, it was postponed in October of 2016. And I have not been able to find any kind of update on the continuation of his trial. Huh. So in theory, that means it's still postponed. Um, they enlisted the help of a psychologist, Kent Franks of Springfield, wherever. Um, and this guy, because there's, <laughs> there's literally a Springfield, a Springfield in, in every, every state in America. Springfield, yeah, so, Springfield somewhere. The Simpsons won. Yeah. So he told Circuit Judge Calvin Holden at a hearing in November that he did two mental evaluations of Go to John at the Greene County Jail. And he said the murder suspect thought that he was doing the right thing when he killed Dee Dee Blanchard because he mm. wanted to rescue Gypsy from her mother. 
Um, Franks also says that Go to John is on the autism spectrum and spent most of his time on the internet and playing video games, so he really wasn't like interacting In touch with, with people. reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. He kind of separated himself. He fell for a toothless thirteen-year-old. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Are they going to charge yeah. him with statutory relationship? No. Or? <laughs> no. Ooh, good question. No, she was. Oh, she was of age, so she good. They Gucci. But he didn't know that. And doesn't she matter. didn't know that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Well, right. I mean, it matters, but in this situation, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I would push for that. Um, this psychologist also described the murder suspect as more like a child than an adult. Mm. Said his IQ is 82 and he functions at the level of a 10 or 11 year old person. Oof. What's a normal mm. IQ? I don't know, like 120. I think I think seventy is like severely mentally ill. Yeah. Or like severely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if normal is like one twenty, what would be like five? Like no, brain dead. dead? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Infant. A, a goldfish cracker. Yeah. yeah <laughs> a goldfish. Period. So, Can you get to like a two hundred? I'll just Google this later. Yeah, Yeah, why don't you just fucking find out? But the (laughs) psychologist's findings could result in Godajan being found guilty of a lesser charge than first-degree murder, but I'm not sure what charge that would be at this point. Mm. Um, He did waive his right to a trial by jury, so all of these proceedings are to narrow down charges and carry out sentencing. And there, (laughs) again, there have been no updates at this point. I think they're still... Like, this process takes for fucking ever. I think they're still postponed. Yeah. So I don't know. Probably um, also because it's such a gray area case. Like, you could really go swing one way or another. Mm-hmm. They're probably just trying to figure it out mm-hmm. that way. Well, and they so, probably tried They tried Gypsy first and determined all did. of that and then started the process with him because his trial would depend on the outcome of her trial. Right. If it was justifiable, it would be possibly justifiable Correct. for both cases and and gypsy didn't lie about fucking anything she was upfront about like yeah i told him to come here and help me kill my mother like yeah. she didn't fuck around with it and so the it killing actually, was her idea the killing was her idea she she okay. convinced nick to come and and assist her mm. which probably I probably because she was in like i mean again i i haven't gotten any confirmation on this but like if you've thought you were sick your whole life and then start to get inklings that your mom is controlling you, but, like, you don't know if you're not sick, but, like, you know your mom's fucked up, mm. I'd probably ask for help in that area, too. Yeah, like, how do sure. I know that I'm going to be able to carry this out and that my mom's not just going to kill me? I actually yeah. don't blame her at all. Neither do I. She so is a there's... survivor of abuse. She yeah. killed her abuser, period. Right. That's how I feel about it. And that's actually how the court feels about it, which is why she was sentenced to the minimum that she could get. Because right. she should have gone to the police and let them handle it. But, like, she could have died. How long would it of a process would it have been yeah. for them to sort this out? Like, she fucking was a survivor. Yeah. And she's and crushing logically, it. What- what could she have done? Gone to the police and said, my mom's lying about the, right. like, how does she even, how does she even get to the police? Her mom controls like her phone usage. She can only use the internet in the middle of the night when her mom was asleep. Like her mom controlled everything about her life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I she wonder... probably felt so... that she couldn't go to the police because these secretive conversations were the only things 
saving her. Yeah. He was her only advocate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really. There's a, there's a condition called like battered spouse syndrome or some people say battered wife syndrome, but it's it's mm-hmm. better to say like battered battered partner, I guess, syndrome. Right. For people who suffer from domestic violence and then kill their abuser. I wonder mm-hmm. if there's something like that for children who have suffered child abuse including Munchausen oh, yeah. by proxy. Yeah. I mean, there has to be because uh, again, I, I don't condone thing. I yeah. don't condone the murder of anyone, but like fucking do what you have to do to survive. Mm, like if I right. have to fucking kill you to get out from under your thumb, mm. serve my 10 plus, you know, around 10 years in prison and then get to be free of you, I'm sorry, that's worth it. If you've been abusing me for fucking 20 plus years. Yeah. I'll do my it's time. I'm sorry. Of those conditions. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, this woman could have killed her child. Yeah. So easily. She yeah. probably would have. Mm-hmm. Had this were had this continued, I guarantee you. Yeah. Gypsy would be dead, and Dee Dee would be some sort of martyred fucking victim, where everybody felt bad for her that her yeah. child didn't make it. Blah blah blah. Yep. It it's says enough bullshit. that her conditions in prison are far and away better than her conditions not in prison. How sad is that? That yeah. that Gypsy is like thriving behind bars yep. away from her mother. I mean, that says it all. Um, and I just want to interview that girl. Gypsy, if you're listening, oh, I, would I would love to have a honestly, convo. Honestly, I seriously, when I was doing my research, was like, I want to write this person a letter and like tell her that while I don't, again, don't condone murder, like, I admire her perseverance because I can't mm. even fucking imagine what she's been through and how she's trying to, like, take control of her own life and move forward is super fucking inspiring, in my mm. opinion. Mm-hmm. I and like her. Just because a lot of people, I think, will be curious. So, Gypsy's dad. Yeah. His name is Rod. ask about that. Yeah. Rod. So, Rod and Dee Dee's relationship is kind of fucking weird. Like... Dee Dee was in her mid-twenties, and Rod was, like, 16 when they were together. Oh. And, yeah. I mean, it's, like, Louisiana. Let's not be too judgmental. But, um, they get, she gets pregnant, and he thinks, you know, the only thing that is admirable to do is to marry this person. And they have Gypsy, and Dee Dee immediately, like, from the moment she's born... She spent a little bit of time in, like, the NICU, and then it just escalates from there. Yeah. Like, and, and babies, let's be clear, babies can spend time in the NICU for any multitude of reasons. If they're born a little early. Yeah. If they're, uh, like, like it's, Gypsy was born with a, a little bit of jaundice. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Gypsy was born with, like, a little bit of jaundice, and so the, she spent some time in the NICU to recover, and then immediately went home. And Dee Dee so just, this like, got not, off on it. Exactly. It continued to escalate from the moment this poor baby was born. And Rod is like this young guy, (coughs) excuse me, who's just doing the right thing by his woman, by marrying her and helping raise his child. He doesn't fucking know any better. He has no reason to believe that Dee Dee's lying about his child's condition. And even after they divorce, you know, Dee Dee starts to try and sort of poison the well and like, say that Rod abandoned their family and, like, did all this jacked-up shit, but he didn't. He was a good man. more sympathy. Exactly. He spent... He paid her, like, thousands of dollars in child support a month even after 
Gypsy had turned 18 because he was like, well, she has all of these conditions. Yeah. Yeah, she's 18, but, like, my ex-wife is still paying to be her primary caregiver. I'm not going to stop giving money because I need to help support her. And Gypsy would come and visit Rod, and she does have two half-siblings, and um, her stepmom, like, Kristen or Christy or something, I'm not remembering the name. And they were super sweet to her, and they got along really well with her. But again, Rod assumed that she was sick because that's all he ever knew. So when she'd visit with them, he would still administer her medication. Mm. She'd show up in her wheelchair. Like, he continued this without realizing. It's so fucked up. It just goes to show how far the manipulation mm -hmm. reaches from someone who has this syndrome. It envelops everything everyone. And I think the saddest moment that I read about is that the first time he ever saw his child walk was on a news clip that he saw of police apprehending her in Wisconsin walking. Oh my god. Yeah. So he he discovered that she wasn't sick by seeing her being arrested in Wisconsin on her own two feet. Can you even imagine the murder of his ex-wife? Can you or, even fucking imagine how overwhelming all of the emotions of that would be? To have to come to terms with the fact that your ex-wife had been harming your child for all these years and that you had assisted her without knowing that you were doing it. Yeah. That your ex-wife was dead, your ex-wife who you still respected and cared for. That your daughter like, is capable of murder. Yeah, that your daughter's capable of murder, that your daughter's not sick. Like, I, I mean, I can't even wrap my head around what that would feel like. It's just insane. You wouldn't be able to trust, like, anything ever again. Anyone. Ugh, it's so sad. But they've they've kept very much in touch, like, with her. They visited with her in jail. They're being very supportive. Mm. Sounds like Rod is, like, a really good guy, and he got mm. the short end of the stick in this whole situation. Yeah. So, but. just something to bring up and spotlight here. So, we have two cases that are we have very different opinions about. I'm yeah. wondering if our conclusions stem from the fact that Kenyon's case, there's no proving one way or another. Sure. And, like, there have been books published, but there's really no conclusion there. But then Gypsy and Dee Dee's case... It's very clear. Maybe we have more of a conclusion because Dee Dee's fucking dead. Yep. Yeah, so we only have one Like, there was a significant ending to this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, like, just think about uh, our variations in our conclusions about this Mm -hmm. and how much area exists in between. But unlike Kenyon's case, in this case, Dee Dee did bring Gypsy to, like, doctor after doctor, and there were a couple, one doctor in particular who was like, this girl is not sick, this mother is showing signs of Munchausen's, like, this should be considered... Mm. In some of his reports, Dee Dee saw those reports and was like, well, fuck you, and took her to a new doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hospital I mean, jumping. Exactly. Yeah. So, so the evasive maneuvers that Dee Dee used, she claimed that medical records were gone in Hurricane Katrina when they really weren't. Oh. And Rod was able to access them after the fact. Like, mm. Dee Dee manipulated this situation in ways that were A, proven, and B, Far beyond any level of, like, justification. She, yeah. even if she were alive today to defend herself, there the evidence is so fucking overwhelming against her as Gypsy's abuser that yeah. it, it's unbelievable. It's shocking. Well, just mm-hmm. the fact that she can walk. 
I mean, I mean that, that alone. That's it. Period. Yeah. You fucking force your kid to be in a wheelchair when she could walk the whole time. Yeah. You're sick. Yeah. That's disgusting. I don't yeah. care what the motivation was for that. Like, it's it's not okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the motivation was compounded after they moved away from wherever they were living for well, Hurricane right. Katrina. And, imagine, and they imagine, started receiving, like, monetary compensation exactly. and trips yeah. to Disney World and You know, you're whatever. kind of keeping this, like, in the family, and then all of a sudden you're exposed to the news and people are showing overwhelming support for you and your sick daughter. Yeah. That doesn't yeah, help like you're you... going to quit then? Exactly. No. Yeah. You're now now even after years of of this abuse against your child, now you're starting to see like real monetary like measurable benefits mm-hmm. to upholding this lie. And she also invented several conditions that have no cure. None. Yeah. Mhm. So it's not, she I mean, can't, it's just the lie insane. can never, you know, if she loses can't that unravel. control, yeah, then the lie will be exposed very quickly. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, the, you know, the treatment worked, the chemo worked, she's in remission. Oh. Yeah, you have like nine different yeah. afflictions. But I mean, I, I yeah, it's nuts. I, I encourage you to go onto the drive and look at like. So the picture, there's this f- super famous picture that's used everywhere for this story of Dee Dee and her daughter Gypsy, like, holding a little chihuahua. And, oh, and, yeah. and Dee Can Dee we just, look at this photo that's yep. going to be on the blog by the time this airs? Yeah, go for mm-hmm. it. It's the totally photos it. of these two just haunt my dreams. Yeah, and I mean, Dee Dee and Gypsy were both on record being like, we're like a pair of shoes, we're not useless without the other, like, we need each other. I mean, they oh loved, they loved each other very much. There. There's oh, a tiny dog. But then you look Nicholas. at Dee Dee's, yep, then you look at Dee Dee's photo where she's in print, like, she's in her black and white striped jumpsuit on trial. Oh my god, she looks she like looks, normal. She looks totally normal. Her hair has grown. She's got, like, some color in her cheeks. You know, she... It, it's crazy. Like, yeah, she's in fucking prison attire, but she looks like a healthy person. So you can oh really God. see the difference in her appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I she's also included... I also included on the drive a shot of the Facebook page, That Bitch Is Dead post. Oh, where's that? Oh, yeah. That's at, like, the top. Screenshot. Top oh, row. Ah, and this the is the Facebook page oh, I, I went to. So so this this page is still active, but as a memorial page to Dee Dee. But you can't what? post on it. You can't do anything. It's just kind of like suspended in time. But you can go back and you can still look at the actual post. And yeah, poor fucking wow. And all gypsy. the comments on it, I'm sure. Yep, yeah. all the comments. It's all still there. It's very disturbing. All right. Should we get to... Oh, do we have a joke? We totally have a joke this week. I do have a joke. Although Munchausen's is not a laughing matter, but let's just do this. Oh, whatever. Everything on this podcast. We pick everything. Oh, whatever. It's kind of hard to find a joke, so bear with me. Let's do it. So when I heard there was a cure for Munchausen's syndrome, I was very relieved. (laughs) That's the joke. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the joke? I think we might need to redefine joke. Because you have been relieved of Munchausen's? That was the or worst I would say, joke. I would say, oh, I felt, I felt so much better. 
Hold on. I'm I might need to find a better joke. Oh my god, the Should first I one. Say it again. It's awful. No, dear God, no, don't say it again. It's I Googled so Munchausen joke. And Same. That's what it's came the up. top hit. It's the top hit. Oh no. Yeah. I dare you to find a better one. I'm looking. I thought it was funny. Oh, it's not I felt good. a lot better. Okay. It's the worst joke I've ever heard. Amanda will look up better jokes, but in the meantime, special thanks this week. Uh, we are just so blown away by the support that people are showing us on Patreon. I mean, For real. We, <laughs> you guys, we're calling you Patreon Patriots. You're Patriots. Yep. For the record, yep. you're Patriots. You're vitamins. We, you're supporting we pl- us We vitamins. pledge to you every morning. <laughs> No, it's unreal. So this week alone, we've had seven new Patriots. Um, in- oh, yeah. <laughs> including, and I'm going to butcher these names, but just bear with me, Jory Cisneros Willette. I hope you're related yes. to Willette Bakery mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So good. <laughs> uh, Melanie St. George, which sounds like a really awesome porn name. Mm. Um, nice. I hope you're in porn. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I want you to have, unless you want to be in porn, because then go for it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Maggie Dobshoots, a.k.a. Storm Lightning Bane. Yes. Um, Jordan Boker. Um, And Lisa Goleman, who lives in Norway. So Dang, we're reaching Norway? Shoot. We're reaching Norway, so we're going to take your money and buy some Lefsa. Dude, I went to Norway once. It's dope. It's It's lit. How do you say thank you in Norwegian? I have no idea. Tusentak. I thought it was tak. Isn't that? I said tak. Isn't that? Okay. No, it's Tusentak. Is that Polish? It's fucking tak. It's fucking. All right. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Loves you. Bye. We love you. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Sound mixing by Dan Larson. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. All Wine and Crime episodes are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, plus a number of other podcasting apps. If we're not on your preferred app yet, let us know and we'll work to make sure you get your wine and crime fix ASAP. Most importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. It really is the best way to spread the word. Support for wine and crime comes from us. At the moment, we're footing most of the bill, but we ain't too proud to beg, so we're also on Patreon. If you'd like to support us and get a shout out on air, Visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing.